proper episode today because we are talking about something unrelated to Q&A. But we're also doing a bit of q and It's a hybrid episode today, folks. I'm not getting into halves. I'm not doing like episode 109.5. So <laughs> fuck it. It's just a Q&A episode where we're talking about Elden Ring. Because half the questions we've gotten in the inbox are just, have you played Elden Ring? What do you think of Elden Ring? I'm really curious what your thoughts on Elden Ring are. Elden Ring's really good. Have you played it? I've not seen you talk about Elden Ring yet. Have you played that? So let's just... Just say we're going to answer like 15 of those questions in one go and talk about Elden Ring for we'll 20 just, minutes. We'll just talk about Elden Ring. And maybe do we want to start with some questions first because then like it's easier for us to be like, if you don't want to listen to Elden Ring spoilers, end here. Uh, maybe I, that'll be easier okay. for people rather than us do the spoilers first and people have to skip through the episode. Okay, so a little bit of a confession here, Luke. You didn't do your usual sorting through questions, did you? Uh, no, I didn't get around to like organising the questions properly. So I now have all the questions in front of me. And this is not something I've never done, so I'm just going to click on random things and if, they don't, if they're don't, they not good questions, we're not going to answer them. So, okay. uh, oh, I've got one here. Looking for info. Uh, my name is Name Redacted. I'm a comedian. I'm trying to find the Carlson who wrote this article a few years ago. Was it me? Did I write this article? I don't know. The bumbling soldier who ruined the day of ten Nazis. On, well, it's on Fact Fiend. I'm pretty sure I wrote this. Well, if it's on Fact Fiend, I presume that considering you've written everything on Fact Fiend. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did write that article. Why do you want to talk to me? I'm curious. That's not a question. That's not. That's. Also, why would a comedian want to know about a story about a bumbling Nazi, a bumbling soldier who killed ten Nazis? That sounds like a routine I don't want to Yeah. And, like... It, you know, Carl's got his own email address if you need to contact him for, for business, business purposes. Or you can just tweet at me. It's but if, yeah, if you just want to find Carl, he's on Twitter. The link's in the description below. Uh, okay, so, and then we've got one here. The limits of merchandising uh, from Lily. I won't say the last names they're asking. For, uh, keep in mind, I've not prefaced these. I want to preface by saying I've not We're checked going these. in raw. as, like, raw as possible. We're here. going the Carl Smallwood way. Raw, so, first question, contact. When going to the store, my husband noticed... A shelf with Mario merchandise amid a tiny RC Mario Kart toy and other things with a toddler-sized one-fifth scale doll of Mario. No sound, no motion, just Mario. At what size does a Mario figure become creepy? Um, anything over life size. No, over no, sorry, life no, size? No, oh, life size is when it's creepy to me. Okay. Anything above life size is like advertising marquee. Mm-hmm. Anything below that is a figure you can put in your home. But exactly life size... There's only one thing I can think in my head that that's going to be used for, and it's creepy sex stuff. So are you saying, though, if it was, like, nine-tenths scale, you'd be all right with having a Mario statue in your house? Oh, I wouldn't personally want to. If it was, like, five foot tall. The specific question here is at what point does it become creepy? For me, it's exactly life-size, because I just... I've been on the internet too long, and I've seen too many of those shit posts of people with, like, the life-size figurines and mm. stuff, and I'm like, what are you really using that for? That's fair, and... Personally, yeah, I don't think I'd, it's like, to me, I don't think any size specifically is creepy. To me, it's more just like, how knockoff is this statue? How well made is it? I'll tell you what, it's the, I'll agree with that, but it's, if it, the caveat is if it's a female character. If, then it's, it a, becomes, if it's a life-size well, like, female. In my head, I'm talking about Mario, but then the moment it becomes like a life-size Princess Peach, I'm like, ooh, yeah. yeah or a life-size Rosalina, yeah. set all seven foot of her. <laughs> or a life-size Lady Dimitrescu. I mean, I don't think that's creepy. Well, that, that's remember, remember when they did that, where they like released the advertising marquee of the life-size ladies in like nine foot six of her, mm-hmm. and then that place in the Philippines did a bigger one. Yeah, <laughs> just we fuck you, got a bigger one. And then a the follow-up question here, which is which other characters do you imagine working as toys when scaled up, and which ones would not work? 
I think I answered that with my thing. A- again, we kind of, yeah, go we over s- that. Just like, if it's like, you know, anything where it's just like, oh, this is going to be owned by like a creepy guy, then probably that. Yeah. But anything you can think of that will be owned by creepy weirdos. Life size, I said. I think it's just specifically life size with something weird about mm. that. Why do you need to own a life size figure? Of this fictional character. And that's the thing, isn't it? Of like when we're talking about figures specifically, if you're talking like a life size body pillow, go for it. Especially if it's one of those joke ones of like Goku or something like that. I mean, but like if you want one for comfort yeah. and not for a joke, then you know, that can be helpful to some people. And then we have here, so and then the second one is just probably better for you, um, reading through it. I went to a kitchen appliance store and noticed these Disney themed utensils. Older characters were represented, along with newer characters from stuff like Frozen. At which point does Disney branded merchandise, and I guess merchandise in all its forms, go too far or become ridiculous to own? And my opinion of this is, it can never go too far. Um, if anything, going all in is way better than having, like, two items. Yes. Because um, if you go round to someone's house and it's like, like, for example, I know I've got, like, a Mickey Mouse whisk, and that's the only thing you own. By the way, don't get the Mickey Mouse whisk that I'm talking about, because it's top-heavy and keeps falling out of the pan. <laughs> um, but, like... When it's just one thing or two things, it's like, oh, well, this doesn't fit in very well. But when you, like, walk around my house and there's Disney stuff everywhere, Mm -hmm. it then starts to fit in. So I feel like you can't go too far. You can make anything Disney-related or, you know, whatever brand you want. And in regards to the company making it, of, like, how far they should go before it starts to get weird, it's like, well, if people are willing to buy it... Do it. it. Yeah. They've proven at this point that they can throw a Mickey Mouse head shape on anything and fuckers like me will buy it. Exactly, yeah. And that's why if you... I'm always of the opinion that stuff is only worth what people are willing to pay. And clearly the stuff for people... If, like, if people don't want it, they'll stop making it. Yeah. And it's, a, it's that weird capitalistic way of looking. But like, if it makes someone happy to own a Disney-themed like, mouse pad... Yeah, again, or, the, the line is probably when it's something weirdly sexual. Like... Don't have, like, sex toys with Mickey's face on it. That's when it gets weird. But they are funny, though. That would be funny. They are very funny. But, like, for Disney themselves to make it, obviously, like, that wouldn't be on it. Yeah. It's too family-friendly. I think that's too far for, like, Disney to make that. But if someone wants to make an unlicensed one, that's funny to me because I know Disney's annoyed about Mm -hmm. it. And anything that annoys or actively pisses off a giant corporation, that's all good in my book. It's just, yeah, it's what I don't think there's any real limit to what you can merchandise. It's if people are willing to pay for it. Like, um, the ultimate example of like Kiss, when they've got a Kiss branded coffin. You could buy a Kiss oh branded That's the thing. If you love Kiss that much, you want to be buried in a Kiss branded coffin, mm-hmm. fucking go for it. Um, that reminds me, like, my, my friend sent me a TikTok the other day, and it's just somebody's tombstone that's just a big PS4. And they've like, like they've got a that's amazing an actual tombstone like made and carved out to look like a PS4. That's amazing. Like, it should have been a GameCube. <laughs> Do like a little. One I wouldn't be put, buried in a GameCube. Put like the urn on top of it. <laughs> and that's the thing of like, uh, it dates whatever you're doing very quickly. But if that's what you define your personality by, that's what you, like. It's it's like when you see those things, but like probably one of the most depressing things you see is like when kids. Like, do you know, like little kids like the Make-A-Wish kids? It's mm-hmm. like their last wish is to watch like a Marvel movie. Yeah. And it's like, it's fair enough because they've not got a fully formed personality yet. And like to them, that is like the biggest thing in their life. And it's the thing that brings them the most joy. And then it's like, it gets a bit sadder when it's like a 40-year-old adult. And it's like, if you've not got anything I else, mean, that's true. And I apply that to most of the time. 
apart from Spider-Man No Way Home, because that was like a fucking dream come true yeah. for me. That was a special occasion. But uh, yeah, I, like merchandise is whatever people are willing to pay. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good question, like the figure one. If I didn't think, and when I thought, I was like, yeah, the only time it's creepy is when it's exactly life size, because <laughs> I can only think of one reason for it to be life size. And it's either Give it a big hug. It's either advertising or sex stuff. <laughs> Give it a big hug. And uh, we have a question here from, uh, I'm not going to say the full name. I almost said their full <coughs> name there. They've, they've signed it M, so I'll um, uh, credit them as M. Hi, Carl and Lucas. Hope you're having a good day. We are indeed. My question is, what is your favourite domino effect in film? They handily provide a bit of context here, so you can have a think. Mine has to be High School Musical 3, most likely inspiring the Inception hallway fight. Christopher Nolan's daughter was the target age group. It came out two years before Inception as the first notable use of the rotating hallway effect in the song Scream. And I, that's cool, but I, unless we get direct confirmation, I don't think that's true. Yeah. But then again, Christopher Nolan is a noted hack who steals shit all the time. I believe like the actual thing for Inception is, I think it's the film Paprika, or the anime Paprika, I should say, where I like, basically ripped all that shit off. Oh, uh, right, okay, yeah. So, uh, so Christopher Nolan is a known hack, and we discovered in our playthrough of Prototype, the ending of Prototype um, is the same as the ending of Dark Knight Rises. And I edited the two to put them together. Oh, remember. yeah, of course. And yeah. the ending of Dark Knight Rises is the ending of Prototype, and Prototype came out first. Like, not frame for frame, but not far off. Yeah, and most of the time that's just like parallel thinking, but mm-hmm. it's like cinematic domino effects. There's like, if I had more time to think about this, I could probably think of a couple, because I probably wrote an article about it somewhere. This is the kind of question that like... It requires a lot more thought. It would maybe be like better to just put this on the back burner and we could go and like actually look at it. I'd probably turn it into a fact feed article moment. If I think yeah, if there's exactly. anything like this, yeah. I've no doubt wrote an article about... Um, something of this so nature. I don't have anything off the top of my head that I can think of, but I'm sure there's plenty of things I've heard of. There are things in, in the my past head. that, like, I'm half remembering. I'm trying to like put them all together because there's a couple like that, um, like early those like special effects blockbusters of like Steven Spielberg was like inspired by those like Ray Harryhausen movies mm. with like the dinosaurs, like see like those little crappy moving around ones, mm-hmm. and they eventually resulted in making like you know Jurassic Park and similar thing. You have. Um, uh, creators like, like horror movie creators being inspired by Bella Glitz, but like, they're not weird. They're just they're being inspired by what came before them and improving upon it. I can't yeah, think of any yeah. ones that would be like blow your socks off. Mm-hmm. Like this one would be amazing if there was any confirmation of it. But I don't think Christopher Nolan would ever admit to ripping something off like High School Musical when he won't admit to ripping off stuff that's like even more obvious. Only ever seeing High School Musical three like in the background while my little sister watched it. I don't know what the scene they're referring to is, and I can't imagine they went to the same like level of scale and effort that Christopher Nolan did of having like an entire hallway on motors that they can twist around for real. And I might be wrong, but mm-hmm. like Yeah, they they literally twisted a corridor for Inception. I'm not sure whether High School Musical would have done the same thing. It could have been. It I, could. I, I don't know really enough about the production. I know for Inception they really <clears throat> did twist around that entire corridor. And like, yeah, that's yeah. the thing Christopher Nolan's well known for his love of practical effects. Yeah. Apologies, by the way, I've got a bit of a bad throat today. Uh, we have one here. They don't sign, they've signed it and you're in, so uh, hopefully they don't mind me using the name. And hey, this isn't a question, but some thoughts. Oh, in which case then we'll skip straight past that one. Here's the thing, like, we... This is why I tend to like you do some. This is why we do the editing, yeah, the yeah. self-editing before. It's like, I'm going through it. Oh, wait, this looks good. I see a question mark. This isn't a question, but some thoughts. Yeah. So okay. Uh, this the, like you can send your questions over to Carl's Corner QA at gmail.com, which is in the description. But yeah, please send us like 
questions uh, we have here. So this is from Kane. <clears throat> Again, they, this is how they sign it. It's normal what you do, isn't it? It's if they sign their name, you if don't they sign it at the bottom of the email, we will like read the name because that's part of the message. And we've not done any checking on these, so I'm just like doing a quick glance. I'm mm -hmm. generally quite good at speed reading now. And here's the thing: speed reading's not a real thing. Anyone says they can speed read is lying. It's skimming. And I'm uh, so I should skimming and scanning. So isn't I should it? correct like, myself yeah. there. I'm not speed reading. I'm very good at scanning and like seeking out pertinent information because I've been doing it for years. But. It's like looking for keywords quickly within like paragraphs and stuff. It's not that people can read faster than you. Well, maybe to a little bit of an extent, but it's more just that people get very good at like as you say finding key information within yeah. sentences quickly. And if anyone wants to know about that, the pro tip is read the start and end of every paragraph. It's the, it's the most basic thing you can learn when you're doing stuff like research, which mm -hmm. is oddly enough the topic of this um, uh, question. Okay. Um, so you read the first sentence and then the last sentence, and then if it's a good, well-written sentence, it should start with the introduction to what's going to be discussed, a discussion mm -hmm. of it, and then a conclusion of what was introduced. Mm -hmm. So if you're researching, it's like, okay, that paragraph's worthless because like, nothing mentioned in the top or bottom is something I need. Keep and going. well, that's a good way to distinguish like, where you make a new paragraph because... A lot of people just kind of go, well, it looks I've like written, written like six sentences, so I guess it's a paragraph now. It's like, like, now, is there a new subject being discussed? Yeah. So, question here for me. I recently found out about a limited version of a game I like for the Wii that's exclusive to France and has very little info about it online. Only five websites even mention it and three are resale sites, even when using the French name. I have a hit a brick wall on finding any more info on it. Do you have any tips on how to try and find more info? Well, one of the things you could have done is put the name of the video game here in this email where it's going to be listened to by presumably like a couple thousand people mm -hmm. and they could have helped you. But uh, beyond that, um, my Google foo is not what it once was and I was researching full time. Uh, but I'm guessing if you've already done the searches, there's not really much I can advise you audibly because it's, mm -hmm. for me, it's all like I'm a kinesthetic learner. So if I was typing this stuff out, I'd know what I'm doing. Don't do cheat codes on an old controller where like, you don't remember mm -hmm. how, you can't verbalize what the code is, but as soon as the controller's in your hand, you can do it. And I guess, like, maybe one of the best things to do would be go to, like, websites known for categorizing games and, you know, game preservation and stuff mm -hmm. and trying to find it through there rather than just Googling it, finding websites that are good at that that might have, like, bad SEO, for example. Yeah. And, like, that way that you know you can go to, like, you know, gaming historian websites, and they might have a bit more info for it. I'm not really sure. And if they don't, like, you know, those resale sites, reach out to the people selling the game. Like, you, mm. you already found people who have a copy of the game in their hands. Like, ask yeah. them. And that's the thing you're able to do. You can message people. It's like part of doing research is doing primary research, which is like, you know, direct um, confirmation of stuff with your own fucking eyes. So uh, uh, while a lot of stuff on FactFiend is second and third hand, mm -hmm. because I'm, you know, I'm finding stuff that has already been like confirmed and stuff like that, and then um, uh, collating it into a cohesive article where yeah. I, you know it's all discussed. Like, I have done my fair share of primary research in the past. It's, just mm -hmm. that it's not really the thing that I need to do anymore. Yeah, exactly. So it's not really the tone of the channel. We're not doing like deep investigative pieces. No, no, or anything like that. We're just you know talking about cool facts that I found and have like you know collated into a uh, um, a nice, interesting article. At least I hope. So my only advice would be to go do some Google foo. Yeah, like just type Google Foo into Google, and you'll find plenty of websites I'll teach. Because there's plenty of techniques I'm aware of, but I don't know how to audibly describe them. Yeah. If yeah. I had a computer in front of me and I could show the guy, I could show him this is what I do when I'm searching. These are the sites I'd use, mm -hmm. but I can't verbalize that. And as well, maybe like um, again, find some like 
video game historian like YouTube channels and stuff that might have talked about it. You never know. Yeah, and uh, but probably one of the pro tips. It's like tribing. Yeah, true. Because obviously they optimize Bing. their searches differently. And like Bing's search engine is actually really good. Yeah, it's really it's the, that's the thing that like no one wants to admit it, but it's really good, and it's especially good for finding more obscure content. Mm-hmm. It's better at like looking for the actual keywords that you want rather than Google, which has its own algorithm that yeah. pushes a lot of content that Google wants pushing. Yeah, so uh, that's like one thing. But just go check. Um, there's plenty of guides online that can teach you like the special characters and search terms you can use. Like the one that I know that's fairly well known is if you use uh, quotation marks around something while searching for it on Google, it will only return websites that contain that exact term or phrase. I was about to say, like, yeah, yeah. Like, but that's a, a very useful one of just... if it. With Google, a lot of the time, it comes up with something similar to yeah. what you're searching, but you can, yeah, use the, the quote marks to just, like, make sure that doesn't happen. And then there's a bunch of, the, like, extra, similar um, uh, input commands you can use similar to that. That will only search, say, for example, certain languages. Mm-hmm. It'll only search, um, uh, like, papers, stuff that's existed for a certain amount of time. So I can't describe them because in my head, they're just all things that I type out instinctively and can't describe. Yeah, so just, you know, go and... Uh, get, I guess Google how to Google those things. Which sounds weird, but there really is a lot of there's a lot of skill to it. And it's one of the things we mm-hmm. always get asked like, how do you do research tonight? Because I spent years learning these things. Yeah. And I have a question for you and the fact for editors if they can be asked, which they can't, but one of them can, and his name is Lucas. Hello. I'm thinking of making a YouTube channel where I do voices of things I research voiceovers of things I research. Well, calm down, mate. Trust trust <laughs> stepping on my patch. Uh, but, 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 but. So and I've no experience whatsoever of video production. So this is like something you can speak to because you didn't have much experience with this when you started. No, I didn't. I plan to start with just a mic and images with videos related to my topic. Do you have any suggested recording programs, editing software, tutorial videos? So what is it you did when you first learned it? I think you just went in cold turkey and just uh, banged yeah. it against a brick wall until you figured it out. Yeah, pretty much like um, in the office with you and Nisha one day and was like, Nisha, just like show me a quick 10 minute tutorial of how to do a couple of things like um, green screening. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of took that info, went home and figured it out because yeah, I didn't really have video editing experience apart from like making a couple of films with my friend in like high school and they mainly edited. So I really had like next to no knowledge on the matter. Yeah, and the problem here is that the stuff we're going to advise is prohibitively expensive because um, no, it's not. I mean, the software. No, it's not. Like I would straight up be like. Well, there's free. Um, there's stuff. free stuff. Like the, the st- if you want to do it to a professional quality, but don't start out yeah. aiming to do it at professional quality. Like, get your feet wet with free software. Like, use Audacity for your audio. Oh yeah, Audacity straight um, away. Or like, do not pay for any software. Like, Audacity and VLC are all you need for like video um, uh, playback and stuff like that. VLC is amazing for highly- playback, but um, it also had a converter in it. You can convert audio and video. You can, but you can't edit very well or anything. You can't like edit, that. but like, it's really good. So Audacity you can, like, and VLC trim and stuff. Audio. But um, yeah, I don't know the name off the top of my head, but I just went to like Google and um, searched for like f- Premiere Pro free alternatives. In this, which is and it you found, do you remember off the top I, of your head? That's the thing, I can't remember. It was like snapshot or something along those lines. I can't quite remember the name of the software because if you've got an Apple product like your Final Cut Pro for free which is apparently very very good Mm -hmm. Um, I don't use Apple products personally but I've heard like 
if all you're doing is dragging and dropping and cutting clips, that's all you realistically need. But yeah, and you won't need much of it's just like again, said, even yeah. even just images with audio, you could probably get away with like Windows Movie Maker or something, which can't remember if that's even a thing still because again i don't use that stuff i use like adobe software but adobe software you pay like i i have to pay like over 30 pounds a month for that and you don't want to be doing that for uh, just making some amateur videos and well that's the professional quality stuff you need and they know that that's basically the default because they make you pay for it Mm -hmm. and i personally i use vegas because i learned on vegas in um, uh, high school but again that's paid software not for me i got in the humble bundle five years ago and paid 20 dollars for it Okay, but that's not something you can reasonably you can. tell people to do. So that's why I'm saying that it's pre- so they, every time I say you want to upgrade, it's eight hundred dollars. I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I would just there's really good alternatives out there for like Photoshop for Adobe products yeah, and just Pixel is really good. I found like yeah, if you just want to do basic video editing and basic picture editing, there are free alternatives out there. But if you want to get, if they're asking for the stuff we use. It is prohibitively expensive for someone who's just starting out. And I would honestly just pick up, like, you know, pretty much as cheap a mic as you can get for now. Um, Or if you've just got, like, a headset used for gaming or anything like that. Just anything around the house. Even just, like, record it on your phone for now. Again, just spend as little money as possible while you're starting out and you're not going to be earning anything back off it. I will, like, disagree with that. If if you're going to spend money on one thing, make it your audio. Audio, audio is the is first good. thing that you should invest in, but I would I would really, really try to not invest it any money in it to, to start with while you're learning out because it's just wasted money. Yeah, but if you're going to go for audio, I'd say like um, audio is the one thing you should focus on and a lot of the stuff you'd buy for like, if you buy a, you don't even need to buy an expensive mic, okay, Blue Yeti is it's about $100. It's a lot of money to a lot of people, but that thing will carry you the entire way through your career. Like, it's what we're using right now. Yeah, but again, I wouldn't suggest to anyone like to buy that to right buy it bat. straight off the bat. Like when you're feeling a bit more confident, when you want to upgrade something in your setup, audio is always the first thing you should focus on for sure. And with a blue, like with a, a good microphone, especially with like stuff like working from home, gaming, it's always going to be handy if mm-hmm. you do any of those things. Like having a decent quality microphone, if you spend any time online, is going to be an investment. Yeah, and that's the thing is why I say, like, if you've got some kind of headset that you use already, because a lot of people, yeah, working from home or gaming from home and stuff already do, but... um, And at that point, buying a slightly better one, you can see it as, like I said, an investment. You might even be able to, if you're working for an office or something, you can write it off on your taxes as a business expense. Because, like, you know, you need... Essentially, yeah. That's the one thing I say, like, I can watch a video with bad bad visuals. Bad audio is an immediate turn-off. Yeah, 100%. So it's it's the, the thing you should focus on more than anything. And... I will say as well, like tutorials wise, I still use YouTube. Yep. Just it's so easy to just There's always someone on there showing you how it's done. Any problem that you've had, and even if you're using software that's like not popular, you could probably find like a a tutorial for Adobe that is essentially gonna teach you the same skill. That's what I used to do. Is like, oh well I can't find any tutorials for this free software. What do they do on Premiere Pro? Oh, okay, that, that translates directly to what software I'm using because guess what? They're all trying to emulate that software anyway. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you look at a Photoshop tutorial, it'll probably help you out on a free version of like something that's close to Photoshop because they're trying to be free Photoshop. Yeah, and a lot of the times well, they emulate what Photoshop used to be when it was a lot simpler mm-hmm. before Photoshop added all the extraneous features to justify the new cost. Yeah. 
so we have here a question from um, Chris. Hey, Carl and Lucas, love the podcast and everything you do. You guys are awesome and your stuff is great. Okay. Thank Recently you. I learned that the 1973 Skylab strike, in quotation marks, a distortion of truth, and this myth has now become widely circulated as fact. It'd be nice if they clarify what the Skylab strike was, but I guess they're not going to do that for us. My question is, have there been any articles or videos you've made that later turn out to contain false or misleading information? And what do you do if you publish an article or video using said false information? Um, I pride myself on my research, and there have been occasions where I've had ideas. So the way the, uh, the research process works for me is I'll have an initial idea. That's usually just a one-line prompt or a link to an article or a potential headline for it. And then I'll research it, and then during the research process, I've often found that like, some things just it's not entirely accurate, or, or it's I not can't concrete find. enough. Yeah, or most of it's based on here. Like something's based on here. So like, there's a lot of like the movie facts we've done, where there are like facts about the making of movies, mm. where it's never really been confirmed. It's all based on like industry rumor, and that's why I'll say in videos where we talk. That's why I say, and it's industry rumor that this happened, which mm-hmm. is like that weasel word way of saying there's no direct proof it happened, but enough people who otherwise. Are quite trustworthy in this regard have confirmed this story so it's quite likely that it's the case so i wouldn't think there's anything on the channel that is outright false there might be some stuff that's like the massaging of the truth for the sake of hyperbole and entertainment and as well um the times where like one of us will get things wrong but generally speaking that's like because it's in a tangent of the discussion like which we always clarify and then if there's a mistake in there that we notice then it's just put a fact bar underneath as long as the information is clarified within the video, whether it's like, you know, visually or audibly, we see that as being okay. Yeah. The only times I can really think of it happening are, like you said, minor examples that was saying, get like a date wrong or a name. Like mm-hmm. what happened recently was the uh, the video about uh, Isaiah Bradley, the black uh, Captain America, mm-hmm. uh, where I get the Tuskegee Airmen and the Tuskegee Syphilis Experiments mixed up in my mind mm-hmm. because they both contain a rare word to encounter as an English person, Tuskegee, and they both involve um, uh, like black members of the American uh, public being just like mistreated horribly by a racist institution. Right, And that's something I made a mistake about, a genuine mistake, and I issued a clarification in the comments Mm -hmm. saying that. And uh, it's something you guys didn't catch because you just assumed during the editing process, well, you must know what you're talking about because you seem so confident. And as well, like, again, we we don't know much about like we don't exactly hear the word Tuskegee every exactly. day. Exactly, and that's so. I just heard you mention that and went, "That sounds right to me." And that's in how, my head, and I don't know too much about it. And that's how misinformation generally gets straight. So we did issue a clarification for that. But my defense of it is like, you know, it's a half remembered fact, and you can see that I'm remembering it. It's like, and again, that wasn't the point of, of the, the video. video. It was just something that we mentioned as a side point during that discussion but it is something that I, you know, I do feel bad about and it annoys yeah, me but for sure it happens so infrequently that example that I stick out in my mind mm-hmm. uh, but if we ever did get something that was outright false that got um, deconfirmed I'd just take the video down or issue a correction mm-hmm. which thankfully I've never needed to do yeah now the only ones that I'd um, uh, articles that I consider to contain misleading information are ones like earlier ones on the channel I think it's one of like about Harry Potter mm. where we don't specifically call out JK Rowling for being a piece of shit because her piece of shitness was not a known quantity at the time and, and those point, videos all we need to do is look at the video description and go oh that was from like six years ago but we still occasionally get comments people angry like I can't believe you didn't say this so, mm-hmm. because we didn't know and stuff like that does frustrate me very much so Ooh. 
So I'm going through this. Uh, 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 uh. Like so many of these are just bad. Yeah, thank please, you, Lucas. Please, like, just try, just try a little bit. And again, like, I'm um, trying to scroll through them now. Just a lot of them. A lot of the time are like just comments or feedback, and generally just like our socials are literally in the description. Hit us up there if you want like a discussion or feedback or something like that. Whereas, like this is meant to be intended for the questions. Yeah. So we have one here. Um, uh, hello, Carl and Lucas. I hope you're having a good day. My question is a two-parter. What is your opinion on oh, the recreational use of drugs? Were they to be legal? Would you use them? No. I abhor smoking. And I fucking hate weed, marijuana, cannabis, whatever you want to call it. It stinks, and every person I know who smokes it is fucking insufferable because they never shut up about it. So it's yeah. not it's not addictive, but they smoke it every day. And yeah. they'll tell you that it's not addictive as they roll up for the third time that day. And they'll always as well smoke it in the house, in front of me. Mm-hmm. It's and super like, fucking annoying. I've um I've used marijuana like a few times over the years, like recreationally, but Again, we're talking probably like five, six times in the past 10 years. And I've not really got a problem with it. Um, but I don't really partake in it actively either. And I'm just kind of like, eh, people can do whatever the hell they want. But again, I don't appreciate anyone that like, yeah, just uses drugs in like kind of an excessive way or does it you know as you say like indoors mm-hmm. like smoking out the entire room and just making it smell horrible and yeah i'm not not exactly the biggest proponent for recreational drugs and i don't think that like other drugs should be legalized like marijuana compared to you know like cigarettes and alcohol isn't really yeah, any I'm, worse but most other drugs are i'm keenly aware of all those statistics people throw around like it's less addictive than this like alcohol is technically on paper more dangerous but alcohol has the cultural significance of literally helping define and progress society mm-hmm. because if people don't know what i mean by that uh, back in the days before we understood what germ theory was alcohol actively helps society not die of dysentery every day because the beer-making process involved boiling water, which inadvertently killed all the germs within the potable but dangerous water that existed around the time. And so beer literally helped humanity from just not die. And it's, it has cultural significance going back tens of thousands of years. And people say, people say, oh, well, smoking goes back all the time. But it's not got the cultural significance that alcohol does. Mm-hmm. It's like, and as with all drugs, it's the abuse of them that's the issue. Yeah. But whenever this comes to someone, well, alcohol is more dangerous than you drink. It's like because it's more the cultural relevance. You're ignoring the context here that alcohol has been a thing that has been widely accepted. And it's the abuse of it that's just as bad. Yeah. And I've known plenty of people who abuse marijuana and other drugs. And that's the thing is, like, that's that's when I've got a real problem with it is, like, any drug is just the excess of it. And I'm like, I'm not really asked if someone wants to, like, you know, get a little bit high every now and then. But it's when people are... And doing it all the time, consistently, and doing it excessively as well. I've met people who like make it their entire life. Yeah, and it is, they are so. infuriating. I've literally stopped talking to multiple people, not actively, just kind of like you know quietly stopped seeing them because I got so frustrated with the uh, the amount they would just smoke weed literally every day, multiple times per day. Watch yeah. Wake and Bake every mm-hmm. day. It's like fucking hell. Like, I've met 
like I've been at house parties before. There was a guy who came in, and literally the first thing you do, you could see him. So we we sparking up. So not in my house, you're not. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to go outside. It's cold. It's like, well, fuck you. It's warm yeah. in here. I don't like smoking of any kind indoors. Yeah, it's fucking gate. Like keep it to yourself. Smoke outside. But yes, and that's probably not the answer they wanted. They're like, yeah, true. It's like, no, man. I don't begrudge anyone from doing anything like that. You know, you make do your own whatever cho- you want. Yeah, you make your own choices in life. Just don't force them on me. And then you know what? I think I'm just going to end on this. Might be you must have to sort through like fifty of these every single time. Yeah, yeah. Because like uh, I'm getting to the point now where I'm not going to recognize how we've done these already. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll end on this one uh, from. They haven't signed it, so I won't um, uh, say a name. Dear Carl and Lucas, I've got some hopefully quick questions for both of you. It'll be very quick because we have we get asked these every day. Uh, have you ever thought about bringing Brad or Nisha in with you two? Um, you wait a couple of weeks and see what gets announced on the main channel. Yeah, and like no particular plans podcast wise, but yeah, the, there'll be other things. Now, the podcast was just kind of a thing we like fell backwards into it, and it exists and still exists. Excuse me, to pay you to edit it. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's just because it's a good excuse for like, oh yeah, Lucas, edit this, and I'll pay you fifty pounds. Yeah, and as well, just like you know, an excuse to sit down and converse with Carl for a while. Mm-hmm. Not that I, I really need, need an, an excuse, excuse to do it <laughs> to anyway. But... <sighs> and then, what is your favourite go-to? Oh, I'm so fucking sick of answering this. Speaking of drugs, whatever's cheapest. Like, I'll just, I generally, with the same thing with alcohol as with drugs. Of like, I don't particularly care about alcohol and i've met people who are so up their own ass whether it's like craft ale mm-hmm. or whiskey or wine or drinking the right vodka or like you're not drinking the right beer you're not drinking out the right glass again it's fucking infuriating just and like that's let thing people is, enjoy what they enjoy you know that normally when i get a cider i like pay a bit more for a fancy cider i don't sit there and go call why you're buying cheap beer like i i hate people that make any kind of just snobbery their personality of like coffee snobs as well. Yeah, I, I can't. I like a nice coffee, but I can't stand people who are snobby about people having shit coffee. What's worse, coffee snobs or tea snobs? Coffee snobs, hundred percent. Because coffee, like bad coffee, is still coffee. But like at the same time, it's you know, tea snobs. You normally get people go as far as like, oh well, that's a bit of a shit tea bag. Or why using tea bags instead of loose That's leaves. true, yeah. I've, I've never seen anyone who like, is a tea snob turn down a cup of tea. They might just say, I don't want milk in it, or don't put sugar in it, because I want to enjoy the tea. But like, with coffee, I've seen coffee snobs turn their nose with like, instant coffee and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, That's like, a point. You see people all the time, like, well, you're not meant to mix espresso that way. You're not meant to like aerate the coffee through this. There's so many things online of like people make it their entire personality. And I've like, even come across it on TikTok, where like I follow a lot of food TikTok, so mm-hmm. every now and then like you get the coffee ones coming through and it's like, oh, you must like this as well. It's like people talking about like how to make a proper coffee and then they've got like the £3,000 coffee machine that's like professional grade barista thing. Well, if you're not making with one of these things, you're not making coffee. And I'm like... I'm sorry, I just like my brown fucking dirt water. All right, okay. it wakes me up on a, It wakes me up on a morning and it helps me like just... Set like in my head, this is more psychological, like, imagine, physical, like gatekeeping, having a brew. It's that thing as well. Like, speaking, we were about to, like it's been for thousands of coffee has existed for so many thousands of years. Mm. Like, it is like a cultural staple. Like, people used to literally just eat the beans, fair. And who's gonna say they're doing it wrong? Yeah, the original coffee makers, but yeah, it's uh, 
If you want to see the real bad shit, that's when you get to water snobs. Oh, and that is God. the next level of snobbery in regards to like, a literal thing you have to do to live. Mm-hmm. It's not even something that you can spend money on. It's like you need to drink water to stay alive, mm-hmm. and they somehow turn that into their personality of like, well, I drink, like Hydro Homies is probably my least favorite subreddit for what it represents. And it is. Is that a thing? Yes. Oh and my it is God. men with nothing else in their lives. Of they found one thing they can do that they can be smug and act superior about, and it's drinking water. But it's just fucking water. You get out of tap. Like... No, no, you don't get out of tap. But Joe, the, Joe, the, the most baffling one to me is the argument of um, if if you really like water, ta- room temperature water is the real shit. Cold water is not really water, and it's like you can fuck off with that. And that's oh, the level God. of minutia those people will get into and argue about all day because that's their personality because they've got nothing else going on. That's depressing. It is. Hydro Home is my least favourite subreddit because some people do it as a piss take. Yeah. Like it started as like a, I think it started as a piss take to like drink water. Come on, be a home, like, you know, always make sure your home is hydrated. But then so many people are like, uh, like just shitting on people drinking soda and stuff. It's like, maybe they just want a bit of sugar. Yeah. Sometimes people just want a bit of sweetness. It's like the, the thing we go back to like with alcohol. So like, yeah, I want every now and again, I want a beer. Yeah. As long as I'm not doing it to excess and like my enjoyment of this thing is not actively impacting someone else's life, mm-hmm. why do you give a fuck? Yeah. But they do because mm-hmm. their personality is what's like with the coffee one. So like they'll scoff when they see someone drinking like um, uh, I don't know, like a, a frappuccino in Starbucks. Yeah. Like they'll see like a girl ordering like a couple shots of like whipped cream in her coffee. It's like you're not really enjoying that coffee. You just like the sugar, don't you? It's like yeah, sugar's nice. Yeah. I had it with my family before where it's like. Oh, why are you putting, like, sweetener in your coffee? You're ruining it. It's like, well, I'd prefer to put brown sugar in my coffee, but sweetener, like, you know, is not as obviously sugary as sugar. And I'm trying to, like, cut back on it a bit. It's like, oh, right, okay. Well, why don't you just have it black? That's a proper coffee then. I'm like, all right, you have it black. Just, if you want it black, have it black. But don't tell me I'm not allowed to have my coffee the way I want it. My personal taste is a thing. Yeah. It's like, I like... Black coffees. I like bitterness. The taste of bitterness is something I enjoy mm-hmm. because it helps me savor it. Same thing. It's one of the reasons I grew to like beer. Like, there is the, a lot to be said about growing to like something. Mm-hmm. And that's generally speaking, people get more attuned to bitterness as they get older. Yeah, like it's not. That's not me trying to make a jokey statement about old people being bitter or anything. It's generally proven that like younger people prefer sweet palates, and as you get older, like bitterness starts becoming more appealing to your palate and I don't know why but it's no. just a thing I was going to say do you know why that is? no it's your taste buds die uh, right, your, okay. your taste buds die as you get older and when you're born you have a lot more taste buds and mm. that's why kids don't like vegetables you know when you're a kid and vegetables taste awful mm-hmm. they taste so bitter and mingy yeah. and then when you get older it's like, I don't know why I didn't mind it's because you have so many more taste buds as a kid that the taste is so exaggerated that when you're older you can't comprehend it and it's why sweet things appeal more to kids because they're t- they've got so many teas but sweet things are the only real thing that don't taste bad mm. everything else actively tastes bad mm-hmm. because you can taste so much more of it and that's why as you get older you start to enjoy things like coffee beer hot curries hot sauce like things like things that have like a very strong right powerful flavor i've never heard that before that's but... how it happens and then, so do we have like old people saying like young people are like, oh, yeah. You don't really enjoy it, but you're not really tasting it. It's like, well, neither are you. Active, they're tasting more of it than you. Yeah, but then the fact that you can taste it more means that it's not as nice. Yeah. yeah. It's only when you can't taste it as much. 
And it's like there's no such thing as like your palate growing more accustomed to something. It's just your taste buds die and become numb to the taste of certain things or certain sensations. Yeah, fair. Same thing like people who eat a lot of hot food where they have to keep getting hotter and hotter and hotter. It's not like you're getting used to it. It's like you're killing your, like, the sensation. Yeah. You're losing your ability to sense that flavour profile. Yeah, I, I've experienced it over the years of like, I slowly started going from can't handle spicy food to like, more and more so to the point where now I'm eating like quite spicy stuff. Mm. It's just because, yeah, your taste buds are growing accustomed to the taste and they're slowly dying. Hell yeah. Let's kill off those taste buds. But that's why like whenever you have like coffee snobs and stuff like that, like, shitting on like, it's the one you see quite commonly of like, Young girls ordering a Starbucks, it's like they're not having a... So because their taste buds do not allow them to process bitterness mm. in the same way as you. Like they can't, Bitterness tastes so bad to them, it's actively off-putting. And for, so, and for those people who spend so much of their life thinking about it, you think they'd understand the science. Or you think they try to look it up a lot. Yeah, but why does this taste nice? If I was that into something, I'd look at why it tastes so good. Mm-hmm. I'd want to know what it is about this taste that I like, and how can I improve this taste? How can I maximise my enjoyment of this thing? You can maximise it by spending thousands and thousands of pounds on a good coffee machine, apparently. Just get an espresso machine. I one of them. There's, there's going to be a difference, but is it really worth, like thousands of pounds to get that difference like how much do you really care to some people it is yeah exactly and if that's worth it to you like go for it yeah. but don't tell me that i should be spending the same amount of money and especially if it's got like a mickey mouse logo on it and it's definitely worth it yeah exactly. it all goes back into it. and the final one is for you lucas your hair is legendary i'll say it is um but how many colors do you think you've had in total well, i'm gonna say every single one there's not a color i can think of that you've not had in your hair at some point uh, silver i've tried and failed with silver that's pretty much the only color i've never had and is white a color though? i thought white was the absence of color is that what they always say uh no white is every color combined and black, black is the absence, is the absence of, color. of color i always forget to mix up with those two um yeah so i've had like you know platinum blonde i've not gone white and i've not been able to go silver so there's notoriously hard to get right. And it's also notoriously hard to keep in your hair. Yeah. And um, hair is other than that, darker. pretty much, like, as you say, every colour, most shades of every colour. Like, at home, I currently have about 40 different pots of hair dye that I just, like, go between and just change. Pick and Pick them out on, on a whim. Mix and match differently, like... It, even colour combinations, I've probably had most of them. Yeah, I can't think of any colour combination. And to the point now where I don't even notice it. Yeah, That's the thing, yeah. like, everyone in our friend group doesn't even notice when your hair changes colour. Yeah. No one notices. But, yeah, it's been every single colour I can possibly imagine, because there's only seven, realistically. And, and then every again, like, in between. I've probably had, like, eight different shades of every colour yeah. and mix them, match them in different ways and stuff. And I still feel like one of those colours is made up. It's like, what, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. I feel like indigo, violet are the same colour, <laughs> and they made it up, because seven sounds more... It's a rounder number in my head. It's a more appealing number than, than six. Like, people enjoy the number seven. So I think, like, like ind- I remember as a kid looking at indigo and violet, and it's like, well, indig- like, indigo is just bluey purple to me. Mm-hmm. It's like... It's like if they try to invent like a new thing between like, like blello, like blue and yeah. yellow. It's like that's no, green. No, it's bluey yellow. It's green. It's um, it's like orange, isn't it? It's like orange, red, yellow. It reminds me of that time when I tweeted about the fact that the GameCube was purple and not blue, and then everyone was like, "It's indigo, actually." It's fucking it's like, purple. Indigo is a shade of purple. Okay, you know what? let's let's Google that. Right, indigo. Oh no, it comes from a fucking website. You know what? Indigo. Define 
There we go. The definition of indigo. A tropical plant of the pea family, which is widely called by the source, of dark blue dye. Damn it. I mean, there we go, then. Fuck it. We're wrong. You know what? That answers that question earlier. If we're wrong, we'll correct it, I guess. I guess not. It's still fucking purple. It's still purple. Like, if you look at a GameCube, it's a purple colour and not a blue colour. Do you know what I think this might be? I think it might have been a different colour in America. I think maybe American ones were a slightly darker shade. I don't know. Do you know that thing of, like... Because we've had that multiple times on the channel. Tell you what, any listeners in America, send me GameCubes. Send me a picture of your GameCube. No, no, just send me the GameCubes. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure it out in person. Because I've experienced this in regards to, um, uh, like, films, their names. Like, many films often have different names in different regions of the world. Mm-hmm. And there's one that distinctly sticks out in my head where I mention a film called um, Welcome to the Jungle. So The Rock and Sean William Scott. And I remember I mentioned that film. We put a clip in of the film. We caption it, Welcome to the Jungle. Every other comment on that video is it's not called Welcome to the Jungle. It's called The Rundown. Oh. Because in America, it's called The Rundown. But Mm -hmm. every other territory on Earth, it's called Welcome to the Jungle or a variation thereof. But all the Americans, because in their head, that's what it's called to them, were correcting me, saying I am wrong because the film has that name in the territory I watched it in. And when I responded to someone who was tweeting at me angrily with a picture of the box with that title on it, it's like, well, that's wrong. It's like, well, that's what the company released. Yeah. I'm factually correct calling it by this name. Things can be known by multiple different names. And I'm trying to, like, um, figure out what it's called over here. But, like, I had that recently with Mario Strikers. Is it called something else over here? It's called something else. Um, Is it Super Strike or something like that? Is that like, well, like Balen Wonderworld, or it's like Wonderland? Yeah, maybe. It's one of those like Berenstein Bear, Mandela Effect things, isn't it? Where people remember it being known one way, but there are different regions of the world where there's other things. But that one really pissed me off, because it was people saying, I am wrong. It's like, it's called this where I live. It's like, well, you should have called it The Rundown. But I don't know it as The Rundown, because yeah. that's not what it's called, Where I Live. I have no, I have literally never encountered the film with this title. <laughs> ever every experience with the film and like the once or twice I've watched it and scroll past it on Netflix it has this title how am I supposed to know that that was it um, so just while uh, Carl was talking was looking that up yep so Super Mario Strikers in the US is actually in Europe and Australia known as Mario Smash Football and oh, I was football yeah they can't call it football in America of course because like, everyone knows the American name so because I've just watched a lot of like American videos on YouTube about Mario Strikers. It's Super Strikers. And then Mario Strikers Charged was Mario Strikers Charged everywhere. So I only had the sequel. And then you just assume that the prequel was, was also called Mario called... Strikers because that's what all the Americans called it. it and then a different name over that. I looked it up and someone was going, oh yeah, Mario Smash Football. I was like, no, it's the not. fuck is Mario Smash Football? And you looked at it and said, oh, it's called that. Yeah. But you don't go angry at that person and say, you're wrong. No. You're wrong. I remember calling it this. So weirdly, I somehow like knew the American name for the game and not the UK <laughs> name, but yeah. yeah I, thought, I thought it was called Mario Strikes. That's what I always yeah. heard you guys call it. But uh, I'm going to go for a bathroom break now, though, but that's the end of the q and If anyone has any more Q&A questions to send, and maybe we've had more time, we can sort through them properly. Yeah. Carl's yeah. Corner, QA at gmail.com. And I hope that people could hear from me going through them going, uh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, like... I appreciate when we get feedback on stuff, and we, while we're scrolling through some feedback on topics we've mentioned, mm-hmm. which I read through and I appreciate, but there's not really much discussion to be had about them in this sense. But when it's people saying, oh, I like this, talk about it, it's like, that's kind of not what the podcast is. Mm-hmm. 
the podcast is more like us talking about stuff that we find interesting and then the enthusiasm for that will hopefully bleed out into our discussion that the audience you at home can enjoy. And speaking of enthusiasm, like after this break, we're going to be talking about fucking Elden Ring. Yeah, so take notes now if you don't want any spoilers for Elden Ring. Um, now's the time to bow out. Maybe go send some questions into the uh, email address. Yep, hell yeah. Oh, so we're back, Lucas. Um, let's talk about some Elden Ring. A game that, you know, I wasn't sure whether I'd even give a shit about before I played it. Mm-hmm. I took the risky buy because, like, I listened to a lot of different podcasts to get a feel for, like, whether or not I should take a risk on this game. Because I've bounced off, like, every Souls-type game I've tried. And I think the reason you, uh, me, to an extent, because I've played most of them, except for, like, Demon Souls, I just never got around to, like, buying it. Mm-hmm. Um the reason I bounce off is you get to a point in the game where it's just the game just decides you don't get to have fun anymore. And there's yep. so little variation in how you are actually able to play those games. There is ostensibly a lot of choice. Like you have like countless weapons, countless armor sets, but you can most of the game it's either you sword and board, you cheese it with magic, mm-hmm. or you go for like a pure strength build and just one hit kill everything. Yeah. And even then when I uh, tried out Demon Souls, for example, with magic... Uh, people told me that that would be a bit easier. Still found myself like having to grind a bit in like a single corridor, just going back and forth, and basically walking up this one corridor with like ten enemies I know I could kill quite easily. Kill them all. Running back to the bonfire, saving, like respawning them, going back and forth. And it's like this is not fun. No, that's the thing. Grinding can be fun. I've been doing that in Elden Ring. Like as a, a it's all dr- I've basically done in Elden Ring. There's a drop that I wanted from one enemy. So I was like killing it, jumping off the edge of a cliff, mm-hmm. respawning, coming back and killing it. And that's the thing as well. Those load times. Like five, ten seconds. On my ex- on my PS4. That's oh, not bad. What's yeah. it, what is it on your... Are you playing on PS5? I'm playing the PS4 version on, on PS5. PS5 because the best way to play that's it. That's the only version that right now runs at a smooth 60 FPS. Um, and yeah, five seconds maybe for a loading screen. But when I was playing like Bloodborne, it's like I walk around a corner and get annihilated by an enemy I didn't see. A minute seconds. and a half loading screen. Like they've done tests, and I think it's like thirty to ninety seconds, depending on where you are. And it's like if that's the way the game's gonna be, I don't mind it. But when I'm actively, it's like when I played Jedi Fallen Order, mm. I immediately fell off. It's like okay, it's a soul style game. You expect us to die a lot of times. It's like a lot of trying. I'm very punishing. I'm happy to do that. Yep, die once. 50 second load screen, fuck this. If the game's expecting me to die, make it load faster. That's the thing is, I play a ton of hard games where, you know, for example, like, um, things that I can think of off the top of my head, like Cuphead, Binding of Isaac, Spelunky. The moment you can just jump straight back in. Like, Dead Cells, load, I play so many roguelikes, and like, all of them load super fast, and it's like, I don't mind. Difficult games, I have to beat my head against the wall and learn the mechanics and stuff, but don't make me wait a minute between each death. Last thing I, on stream, where I've been playing like Revengeance on Revengeance difficulty, and I'm like the Armstrong fight where he's one hit killing me. Mm. And he beat me like 40 times in a row, but because each time he beats me, it's like a two second load screen where I'm straight back in. Yeah. He doesn't feel like I'm having that moment of like, <sighs> because there's nothing more demoralized than like 64 seconds of waiting to load in, getting killed in two. Yeah. It's like well, I'm spending. 95% of my time not playing this game. Mm-hmm. At which point, why am I still bothering? Yeah, and I know, like, for example, Cuphead I just mentioned. Cuphead has long initial load times, for sure. Like, getting into a level might be 60 seconds, 30 seconds, depending once on you're console. In, you're in. When you're in, the respawns are almost, in, like, just immediate. And that's one of my key problems with, the, like, the Souls games, is that 
they are so they're now defined by their difficulties to the point where like Miyazaki, the director, is like, oh, well, I don't think we're ever going to make easier games. Like, we'll make ones that run better then. Yeah. If you're going to focus on making hard games, stop making them run like shit. Again, and Elden Ring doesn't run like shit for the most part. It doesn't for the most part, but I do want to call out the fact that I'm loving this game, but Jesus Christ, the fact that I have to play a PS4 version of a game on the PlayStation 5... Like, to get the best experience. To get a smooth 60 frames per second and, like... People are sitting there saying that they're having technical problems running on like, you know, five thousand pound gaming PCs with like thirty nineties in them and shit. See, that's their problem. There, they should have bought a console. But and even I, the no, con- no, even no, the no, high end consoles. Every time working. we, every time there's ever a complaint about like a console, it's so like buy a PC. I yeah. want to now start a trend of whenever PC players went buy a console. Yeah, and generally what? speaking, buy a, it's two hundred dollars. Buy a console. Buy one. Why like, do you buy a console? The reason that console games a lot of the time like have better ports and then modders and stuff come in to like improve pc performance it's just because you can't equate for what someone's going to have in the pc like you don't know what components they're going to have like a ps4 and an xbox one there might be different variations like a slightly newer version might have like a slightly different chip inside of it or like a whatever but it's like you basically know what you're getting so it can work towards that The, the they have a dev kit that they can work on to know that that this is how it's going to run on this console whereas on your pc you never know how much ram they're going to have what cpu they're going to have what graphics card they're going to have and like there's so many there's so many different things of like yeah can we please start that of like telling pc players to buy a console like every time they complain about the the pc port running like shit it's like buy a console well apparently like from software are pretty notorious for having bad pc ports just just buy an xbox no i don't want an xbox well it works better on my it works fine on my xbox I'm yeah. over here loving life. The only version that people can say runs smoothly is a PS4 version on a PS5. Like, yeah. So that's like my like my first response. Like the, in regards to the series, like you've said, you bounce off. I've like played like um, that's all two, three. I played the most, and Bloodborne I played quite a lot as well. Like mm-hmm. three, I played a lot. But there's just a point you get to in the game where it is. Well, realistically, I've got to put all my stuff into one stat, and it's either dexterity or strength, and. The only weapon worth using is is whichever one I can swing the fastest because mm-hmm. every, it's like when I played uh, Bloodborne. It's like oh wow, every there's like twenty weapons in the game. They all got multiple forms. They're super fun to use. The problem is every single enemy relentlessly attacks you forever, so you will never pull off any of the cool shit. So it's just whichever one has the fastest R one. So sword spear. So you just can run in, get a hit or two off, and bounce back because out. Because you are never going to be able to pull off anything cool. And, and therefore, what's the point of putting the effort into making all these cool animations and movesets if you literally never get to see them? And I'm sure there's, like, high-level Bloodborne players that will tell you, like, oh, no, that's not right, and you can use, like, the parry mechanics and be super aggressive and stuff. But that's not the average person's experience with the game. Like, someone like myself who, again, keeps bouncing off those games isn't going to come in being like, well, I know the high-level parry tactics and stuff like that. It's just, oh, well, I tried out all the weapons and they sucked for me because they weren't fast. And that's the problem as well, where the parry is so inconsistent in that series of, I get that it's like, you know, a real, it's risk and reward, but mm-hmm. there is nothing more frustrating playing those games of enemy goes a swing, you see the swing, you predict the swing, you do the parry, your character throws out their arm for the parry animation... The enemy does not get reposted because that's just not a move that can be because mm-hmm. some moves just don't get reposted. Yeah, true. Yeah. They hit through your guard, do full damage and take away all your stamina, but because you're doing a parry, you can't dodge cancel out of it to avoid the next hit. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you just block, you can dodge cancel out of that. And it's just... 
And as well, now... Why make it a mechanic if I can't do it to like, attacks that lock? Like, yeah. They've also added in a like good shield mechanic in this game of, like, you, if you block and then certain attacks get, like, bounced back and you can counter with, like, a heavy move. At that even, point, why even bother parrying? Because that's a much safer option. Yeah, and you can even do that when you're blocking with the weapon. Because I was playing with the Greatsword for a bit. And the Greatsword, oh, right. it doesn't reduce damage by 100%. But if it's, like, a weak enemy swinging at me, and it's like, well, I'm just going to hold block... Because those weak enemies are so annoying where it's just like you get stun locked. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to hold my block up and then just go around with this giant like room clearing swing and I lose like 10% of my health. <laughs> but I've got a, a talisman that restores my health very slowly. So by the time I get to the next encounter, the 10% of health I've lost is already back. Yeah. And um, that's the thing is, you know, we started off on, I guess, a bit of a negative note. But the, the whole point, I guess, to start this is that they're my problems with the series that this game has managed to address somewhat. Exactly, for the most part. And I think it really goes to show a lot of the time when people keep telling me, like, oh, I know Souls games are hard. Try them. It's no, like, see, they're not hard. The hard, like, the difficult, the, there the is punishing. some difficulty. Like, they are punishing games, but the, that was not the problem. And I think Elden Ring has kind of proven that I am right in making that statement because I'm fine with playing Elden Ring and. You know, I streamed uh, Fighting Margit and got like 25 deaths. Was never frustrated, never had a problem with that. I felt like it was an achievable goal because I grounded off at the time. And the issue for me was always having to bang my head against like... I don't even know who that boss is. The first boss. Who's the first boss? I thought it was Godric. No. Did you fight Mark? I fought Godric first. Who's Margit? The one that pulls out all like the different weapons like the hammer and the daggers and stuff from the body. No, I fought Godric the Grafter. On, like, a bridge that goes up to Stormvale Castle. Maybe I did fight them and just kicked their ass straight away, unless I went straight past them. I've not fought... I don't know who that boss is. I'm going to have to Google that boss now, because I'm like, I, don't, I fought Godric first. I, like, Open world game, folks. Margit and then Godric, because Margit is the Margit. one that blocks the way to Stormvale Castle, but I, there might be a way around it. Let's have a look. Margit the Fell Omen. Let's have a look. It's this guy that, like, has a cutscene... And tells you that, like, you need oh, to... Oh, he says he's an optional boss. Oh, really? I presume that's just if you follow the path that the game kind of, like, pushes you towards, then you follow that up to Stormvale Castle. Yeah. Maybe I did beat them, but, like, it was after the fact. Mm. So maybe it's because um, uh, Godric was the more memorable fight for me. I yeah. probably just beat that guy straight away. So I've not, I've not fought Godric yet. Yeah, like, Godric's super cool. Because Godric's meant to be, like, the second boss. Yeah. Although, I guess, the first... I might have just walked past him boss. or beaten him, like, and just not realised that it was a boss. Yeah. Because there's so many, like, wandering bosses in this game. I might have just thought it was one of them. Oh, maybe. I'm just not remembering because I've played, like, 100 hours so far. Yeah. And that was the thing is, like... You know, that was six hours in. And I wasn't super high level or anything. It, it was one of those moments of... Oh, well, on my first attempt, I got them down to just under half health. I was like, right, that means this is achievable. And I'm fine. And then eventually, like, I ended up beating the fight with um, summoning in, uh, like, random stranger online. Um, um, can we just address as well? Anyone out there is like, that's not the right way to play. You can fuck right off. It's in the game. It's a single player game. I could play it how I want. It's in the game. Use it. I'm so annoyed that I think, like, a lot of people, it's like, these games are incomprehensible. Mm -hmm. And it's like, when I'm going into, like, a, a cavern, it's like, okay, what fucking items in here? Because have you been into the caverns yet with the chariots? No. Okay, well, there's a mechanic in this game where you're walking to caverns, 
and they have chariots that go up and down corridors that are one hit kills. Oh no, yeah, yeah. I, I like because that's one of those locations is like the bit where you go back to the starting like room, isn't it? Yeah. But, but they're a, they're a one hit kill and they go around constantly and they'll change direction. Mm-hmm. Even like after you learn their passing, you think okay, I'll run past it. It'll turn around and come get you. And it's like yeah. you know what? Fuck that. What what item is in this location? That sounds shit. I don't want it. Or that sounds good. I do want it. Well, I want to struggle through and get this. That's the thing is, I didn't think about that because I did that first one where you go back to the tutorial area and use like two of the stones, mm-hmm. the smithing, smith, it's not smithing stones, whatever you used to get through like to the secret areas. Um, and yeah, I went down. I was like, oh, there's poison all over the floor. Okay, get through the poison. Okay, this is chariot that goes up and down. Right, okay, ran past it. And then as you get to a certain threshold, it then extends how far it goes yeah, and, then and get, kills, kills me. And it's that thing of, how am I supposed to know that? And, and literally, I, there's I no way to it. know it other than getting killed. But I, you know what? I spent 15 minutes or so learning the pattern, learning like where you can hide and stuff, got down to the bottom, and then it was like a ridiculous claustrophobic boss fight where the boss is just like flying around the room and insta-killing me. And I was like... Well, I've just spent 20 minutes to get to the bottom to be like, I can't do this the, There's one later in the game where there's two chariots and there's like, I want to say like three, four space where you can do it. And the actual intended solution is to jump off the edge but land on a one foot wide pillar you can't see because wow. it's in darkness and yeah. you can't have a torch that reaches far enough down. Walk along that where you're getting shot by skeleton archers that can knock you off the edge. And is that thing of like, you're rewarding exploration but fucking hell. Like, it feels like they're putting it in just because they know they have that reputation. There's no mm-hmm. like rhyme or reason for why it should be that difficult. And like as much as I can like get through it and like Stormvale Castle is again a more like you know structured experience like that kind of thing. Have you got but, to the lion yet? Uh no. There's an entire there's a run that's like ten minutes long where you are getting shot at from every conceivable angle by ballistas and catapults. And then when you get to the end, there's just a lion that one hit kills you. Oh, cool. Why are you getting shot at from everything? It's that thing of like, I can, and that's why stuff like summons and the spirit ashes, they're in the game to alleviate that bullshit. Because without you it, should be able to have bullshit to counter the bullshit. And that's exactly why I wanted to use that thing of like, there's so much in this game, this series, it's defined by walk into a room, get killed by something behind you couldn't see. Mm-hmm. And like your response is, that wasn't fair. You know what? I want to also make it not fair for the enemy <laughs> yeah. when I'm rocking up with all my bullshit. Exactly, and um, I will say that those are the structured parts that are more traditional to like a Dark Souls game. Those are the bits of the game I'm not really enjoying because they're not fun. Because no. it's just beating your head against a brick wall, and there's no like um, uh, fluidity or creativity in how you can approach that combat encounter or the those puzzles. But at the same time, when I get a bit too frustrated with that, mm. I can just teleport to another site of grace in the open world. Go wander, go kill random things, go find and explore and like just seek out really cool shit and maybe find something new. Maybe go back if I remember that thing. I don't even remember after that's like well, it wasn't that important. I found something cooler. And it's just shout out to like the open world design and how just incredible the world is, and it's so good that those frustrating moments are worth it to be able to like just tell you what go and explore. We won't tell you where to go, just we've designed the world in such a way that there's so many landmarks that will lead you down paths. Yeah, and that's one of the things that really scratches that itch for me, like that Skyrim itch of every couple of months. I boot up Skyrim just to walk in a direction and see what I find. 
same with like Breath of the Wild, and yeah. that's why like you see people comparing it to Breath of the Wild and Skyrim a lot because both of those games had a similar intention with the world design. And you can say like obviously Skyrim has if you leave the UI on, it has markers everywhere for everything, but um, you know, just kind of building those worlds that are huge and explorable and you want to explore them because the world is making it interesting to like find something on the horizon and go towards it and that's been my issue with it of like that aspect is so fun and it's something i greatly enjoy in open world games Mm -hmm. but then the dark soul style the soul style i should say um gameplay fucking ruins it like a moment i had was i found a village i was like what the fuck is this village because none of the people in it attack me and it's a bunch of people dancing around flaming pyres of dead bodies right okay and it's like oh these are villagers who've just executed their lords mm-hmm. and are now dancing around this is really and i'm walking through the village really taking in the scenery like this is really fucking cool I'm going through it on my horse looking like a badass occasionally i get attacked i'll fight them off okay going through oh random boulder comes out and kills me out of nowhere so yeah. i guess i'm not going to walk through this area now because i've just spent 10 minutes slowly walking through taking in everything i can see mm. really enjoying this area get one hit killed by an enemy that hit me from off screen one well, i'm just gonna go through it on my horse till i find a sight of grace yeah. and ignore all of it mm-hmm. and that's the thing its own gameplay is detrimental to the amount of like awe and fun i'm having exploring the world they crafted and it's in i don't know how to square them in my head i love exploring this world but i get disincentivized from exploring by the gameplay mm-hmm. that they insist on putting in and those like things of random archers that will hit you from off screen with no warning that home in and kill you in one hit so well now i don't want to go to that area because exploring yeah. it is a nightmare it's not fun to walk around this area it's not and it shouldn't be fun but it's like you know the danger around every corner sort of thing but when the danger is not even something i can see coming but then i will counter that with there's so many moments where you see the danger coming and have that cool oh fuck moment like I um, went back after grinding for a while to, like, you know, the opening fields. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, I... There was, like... No, no, there was, was, like, the night that you walk past, but then it's like, oh, yeah, if you go down to this cavern, there's, like, um, a storyline that you want to do, like, with one of the opening... There's, like, an opening cavern Mm -hmm. where it teaches you about, like, NPC invasions... And then you go in and there's like a little mini story quest you can do with um, a person at the end of the cave. So I was like, right, I'll go down there. Oh, I'll just kill these couple of like goats and that along the way in the lake. And then I'm like, what's that bird doing in the sky? And then all of a sudden it's like, shit, that's not a bird. And just a dragon comes down out of nowhere. I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, fuck, just... get Torrent out, get the horse, like, start running away. Stuff and... like that is super fucking cool. It's like I had a moment where I'm walking across a bridge. And I was like, what the fuck is this bridge? And I just had to see a giant start to get up. And I was like, oh, fucking hell, I'm going to have to fight this thing. And then as I was like, you know, pacing towards it to get a feel for what it's going to do, mm-hmm. three more stand up. And oh, I'm like, oh, God. for fuck's sake, that was really awesome. And such a fun moment of like, oh, my God. Because like, they're just like a mile away. And they're yeah. all getting up. What and, all, and I've got to kill this one before the other two turn up. Oh, fuck. I can't fight two at once. And I had that moment where... And like, that's how you do the two at once boss fight. Yeah. But this game doesn't do that too... It, it has a mixture of like has those moments but it also has like the fuck you you're meant to just know that this is coming moments yeah and i hate that because it means i'm exploring the world just feels less interesting or i'm less inclined to explore the world mm. because i'm constantly at risk of getting killed without warning mm-hmm. which i guess is how the real world is but come on yeah 
Like you spent all this time making this world. Why would you not want me to explore it? Why would you not want me to like take my time going through these very well crafted, like you know, I'm trying to think of the word, like emergent yeah. moments of like going through that village and like you know the storytelling is like you know entirely visual. Yeah, and the game isn't telling you to go there, and there's a lot of satisfaction with figuring just out what's exploring going on, exploring and finding cool landmarks, and yeah, just figuring out what this world is, seeing what cool things you can find. And sometimes, like, the reward doesn't even have to be an item. It can just be, well, I had this cool moment in the game. Yeah, and just there's so many times I've been playing it where I've had that cool moment walking through something, and then it's just, oh, this enemy is massively over-leveled to what I'm now, and one hit killed me. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm going to get on my horse, ride straight through, pick up my souls, and not come back here or think about it. Yeah. And that's where I think some of the, not traditional, but generic gameplay stuff of just letting you know mm -hmm. it's like give me a like and i guess like the signpost for how dangerous an area is is like how far you are from the spawn or how much damage you do to an enemy or they do but when it is like one area with these archers that fire magic arrows which literally home in mm -hmm. they fought i've been on my horse i've jumped off a cliff on my horse to avoid it and it's curved down and got me yeah, and killed yeah. me in midair like how am i supposed to know about that and how yeah. am I supposed to want? Like, and if I, once I know about it, how do I stop it if the arrow homes in? Mm -hmm. What am I actually supposed to do? And the answer is like, well, you go around. It's like, so, but I didn't know that when I first went in. Yeah, it's something that you, again, like more traditional from software designer. Well, you know it's there because you've already died from it. It's like, well, that, all right, I guess. But like, that isn't a fun way of playing the game. Just you lost progress because you should have known that something is there. And I feel like that's one of those things where they feel hamstrung by it, where they're so known for it now. They put There's so many moments like that in the game. It's like, mm -hmm. I compare it to jump scares in a film, where yeah. jump scares aren't scary. No. They're surprising. Mm -hmm. And these, like, these things aren't difficult. They're just unfair. Yes. And I know that's like the, the John's thing of like using suits. Like, no, they are unfair because you don't have any warning as a player. Mm -hmm. You don't have the ability to skillfully avoid a lot of those moments. Like there was one where I was going down a, a hill. It's down a hill. There's a dragon at the top of the hill, so I'm not fighting that dragon yet. I'm dragging too strong. I'm gonna go down mm -hmm. the hill. A giant ball bearing spawned behind me that I didn't see, didn't hear, one hit kills me, knocks me off the edge. Okay. <laughs> so okay, go down that hill again. This time, I know the ball bearing is going to appear, so I've got my camera put behind me. Mm -hmm. I see it spawn, I jump off to the side where it can't get me, the ball bearing disappears. Go back onto the path, ball bearing comes back. Oh, God. This time, I know it's coming, I let it go, jumps to the side, it curves and gets me. It's like, the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, even when I know it's there, and I know how to avoid it, I know what it's going to do, they still make it do something else. And as well, not only do, like, items curve at you, I've noticed a lot of the time... Um, bigger enemies especially, you will see them. They'll lift up like their weapon. They'll turn on the spot when they're swinging. While they're swinging, they've committed to the swing, and you're like, right now I dash away, because they've committed to the swing. Which is how it would be in any other game. And then their body will on the spot just track where you go. And they're all of a sudden, they're not swinging straight down, they're swinging and curving around to go hit you. So they're like swipe sniping with like, a giant sword. And again... It's because they feel so hamstrung by that. Of like, that's what their games have always included. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't feel satisfying. Like, if I know this enemy is going to do this big overhead swing, and I stand there as it does it, and then I move to the side, I should, while it's doing that, make like three or four swings in, mm -hmm. because I'm punishing it for doing this. It's like, no, it curves all the way around. Yeah, it'll just it'll have a lock on on you, and just hit you regardless of whether you dashed. And 
Like, that's not true all of the time. Sometimes you can dash out the way, sometimes you can't. But the fact there's no consistency. The between... fact that that when they commit to a swing, they aren't committed to a swing. But if I do that as a player, I am. Mm-hmm. And it's that thing, that's why it doesn't feel fair, because the AI is allowed to do things I cannot. Well, it's perfect example of the only boss, like the only, I guess, boss boss that I've fought is Margit. And it's on like a narrow bridge. And I got kicked off multiple times. But Margit, when they jump to the side of the bridge, you can see the invisible walls kick in. Yeah. And they will slide down the invisible wall to make sure they don't fall off the edge. It's like, if I can fall off the edge, they should be able to fall it, off the edge. It's happened a lot with me I'm on a quest line at the moment where I'm fighting um, invaders. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I noticed is it's very clear that they haven't balanced invader enemies to not get stunlocked. Like these, they, they can stunlock me yeah. endlessly and kill me. But the moment I try and cheese them in the, in the same way, their AR, there's a point where, okay, the game decides you can't hurt this enemy anymore and they will dash out of whatever attack you're doing and usually punish it with a one-hit kill attack. And mm. it's like, again, that doesn't feel fair because this is supposed to be like a one-on-one. Yeah. They should realistically have. Maybe the give same them, rule set that you have. Maybe like. give them more health and more damage because so, you know, mm. otherwise it'd be too easy. But when they do not conform to these same rules that I do... yeah. That's when it feels bad. But the rules that I have to conform to can be used against me. Because, yeah, like, again, they should. it should feel like there are cohesive rules for every character in the game. Yeah, like, if I can be... St- like, and it makes sense if it's a giant fucking monster. Okay, a giant monster can ignore the rules, but a human character who supposedly has the same skill set as me is on the same journey, mm-hmm. they should be affected by... And wearing the same armor in a lot of cases, yeah. or like, using the same moveset, they should not be able to just dash out of attacks that they shouldn't be able to, but the game decides. Well, to make it more difficult... This character, you can't just stun them endlessly using this weapon. Because that'd be mm-hmm. too powerful. But the enjoyable thing about Elden Ring compared to other From Software games is that if you want, you can ignore a lot of the challenge and you can decide, well, I'm going to go explore and find some broken shit myself. And I found the most broken shit. And I found, like, not even broken shit, some balanced stuff that is making my life incredibly easier. You know what? That's what I want from a video game. Yeah. Like... That's, I'm supposed to be the baddest motherfucker in this universe. I should be going in and stomping everything. And I am stomping everything, literally, with the Horfrost stomp, which yeah. is getting a lot of flack online. I'm like, oh, it's, cheat, it's cheating. It's cheating. You're not playing the game properly. It's like, well, my Tarnished is on his way to right, restoring the Elden Ring. <laughs> he seen, in my view, this Tarnished is doing all right. Yeah. This Horfrost stomp is fucking kicking ass. Every enemy melts to my Horfrost stomp. Again, they put it in the game. They put it in the game. I'm going to use, use it. it. Yeah. And if, if bosses are allowed to be broken, so uh, should Exactly, you. and that's why you've not encountered the most broken thing in the game yet, have you? Uh, no, but you've told me about it, yes. So if people, uh, I guess if you listen to this and you've not had spoilers yet, or you're playing the game, you're not got to this point. There's something in the game called the Mimics Tear. Or maybe it's Mimics Tear, I'm not sure yet, but there's a point in the game... Presume Tear? You start encountering Mimic enemies, and they encounter other things. They can, like, as they, they um, uh, imitate other things. They can become, like, trolls, or they can become human characters wearing... Like with various like armor sets and move sets, mm. and there's a boss fight where you fight yourself, and whatever you are wearing at that point in the game is what it fights you with. Oh, okay. So yeah. when I got killed by it, because obviously I'm just using a like a giant fucking sword, mm. I went, "Well, I'm just going to go in and unequip my sword." So oh. I went, I unequipped all my stuff really quick when it spawned in, then reequipped it all. So it's wait, like, that works. That works. Yes. Oh, okay. So you can even yeah. cheese the thing that gives you cheese. <laughs> yeah. And so I was basically fighting a naked version of my own character <laughs> with all my end game shit or mid game. I don't even know. And then later at a point in that level, you encounter... So I definitely recommend when you get to the point where you fought the Mimic, once you've fought it, go look up where you find it. 
Right. Because it's yeah. not you don't unlock it for beating it. If but you, there is another you like, find it. thing that you can go find. But yeah. after that moment in the game, you're able to find it, and it's just in the next area you unlock. And it basically gives you a spirit ash summon that is whatever your character has equipped at that exact moment. Mm-hmm. And that includes all your weapons with their upgrades, albeit a little bit weaker, mm-hmm. not as strong, but it's like, you know, it's like 50% of the damage you do. So all your weapons, and here's the rub, all your consumables. And but, they don't consume your nope, consumables, they, get they a, just have them. They get a copy of whatever it is you had in your inventory, including a couple of Estus flasks, but not a maximum amount. Mm-hmm. But they still have like three or four Estus flasks they can use, but they get a copy of everything in your inventory, including your consumables, but they don't use the consumables. So I'm... The mice, I don't use consumables at all because if they're a finite resource, I'm saving them for later. It's like elixirs in Final Fantasy. Yeah. I'm never going to use them because I might need it later. But but even when you've completed the game, you'll still be in that mindset of like, well, there might be something else. Yeah, there might be that, a super duper boss that I don't know about. And that's what I've done. Is like, oh, so I've got stuff like uh, like Scarlet Rot, that really ridiculous. Okay, there's a really ridiculous status uh, effect. Again, like I. To clarify that, how many hours have you put in? A hundred now. I'm, I'm about 20 hours in, so okay. I am significantly like less knowledgeable about the game yet, but Sc- I don't mind. Scarlet Rot is super poison. It's poison that's just super poison. It does more damage, and you can apply that to any weapon you want. But I don't want to okay. use that because the consumable to make that apply to your weapon is really rare. And I've got like three. And you want to make sure that you've got the right weapon to use it on. But yeah. then, Or if the boss is weak to it. But if There I might just... always be a stronger weapon for you to find. Yeah. And it's no, it's just like, it's, it's that thing of like, well, if I summon in my... Oh, weapon, because... It just a, applies to the weapon like a minute. Just temporarily. Got it. Okay. It's like, well, if I'm in the game, I want to use that. So I'm going to put that on. And now, oh, so now I have my spirit, which does exactly what I do. But it has a ch- every couple of hits just applies this really powerful poison that causes constant bleeding tick damage. Oh, my God. And you can even do it stuff like give it a bow and arrow. I'll give it a bow and arrow with poison arrows. And it'll sit at the back of the map and shoot poison arrows at the <laughs> boss while I'm fighting it. Or give it the Hawfrost Stomp. So we're stun locking the enemy with the Hawfrost Stomp. And I'm presuming as well it works like, you know, the wolves that I've got where... They will last as long as their health bars do. And you can upgrade it. Ooh. And it, when you upgrade it, it gets more health. And when you get to like, well, I've got like plus eight, it can take one hit kill attacks. Like there are one hit kill attacks that will kill me in one hit. My mimic's taking like five of them in a row. Oh, and because shit. it's one of the summons, it also gets like infinite super armor. It doesn't get stun locked like you do. Oh, uh, right, yeah. So it's able to do those stupid super attacks that you don't like as well. It can even cast spells. So if you the thing, if you're a mage mm-hmm. and you've got one of those broken OP spells that can like one hit kill, yeah. Now you're thinking cast an infinite amount of them. That's ridiculous. And that's the thing of like the game is so obviously balanced around having access to these things because mm-hmm. so many enemies just do not give you a chance to heal. Yeah, they are relentless in their attacks. But having this thing, and I'm having so much fun theory crafting builds around the idea I've got two. Mm-hmm. My build at the moment is I've got two whips that cause bleed. But then you've got four whips that cause bleed uh, so if you mimic yourself. But yeah. then also those whips on top of them have frost on one, lightning on the other. So they're causing <laughs> four times the amount of bleed, double the amount of frostbite damage, which when enemies are frostbitten take more damage from all sources, including bleed, and then lightning damage for a chance to stun. Oh my god. And there's two of us both doing this with whips <laughs> that can hit through walls and break through shields. And it's that thing of like, you know what? After getting my ass kicked by those invaders that are doing like clearly breaking the rules of the game mm-hmm. fuck it yeah it's like you know what after 100 hours you should be able to pull shit like that off and I it's, don't um, care. it's so fun yeah but like, even the sillier things like, have you got the rat one yet no no did you manage to find the rat summon 
No, because the way that works is it never gets more health, but every time you level it up, you get another rat. Oh, okay. So, when so you get, you get to, the horde. When yeah. you get to level ten, you just got ten rats. Oh, and you can just have, and it's just, oh yeah, I'm going to summon ten rats, and it's just everything dies. Do <laughs> you know that thing that happens when you get stunned lot by a group of enemies? Yeah, that happens to enemies when you do that. And it's just my endless horde of ten rats. The last thing is like I was getting my ass handed to me, so I looked up like, oh, where to get an early game staff, and where to get like an early game spell, and there's like, uh, like the meteorite staff and the uh, throw rocks. Yeah. But you can find, like... The rock one is... I've not gotten that because I'm not a mage build, but apparently the throw rocks one just obliterates everything. It, it's pretty strong. Um, and, like, it is balanced out by being, like, a really slow cast. But, you know, for early game where I, I was at, like, those two things combined, like, were just destroying things. And I imagine if you had just a, a shadow that follows you around that was casting that while you're doing something else. Mm-hmm. It's, you're double casting. And as well, like, with a staff you can cast on a horse. So you've also got that. And... It was just one of those of like, oh, and then I looked up how to get like this cool like anime type like teleport dash as a dodge and just like, oh cool, I'll find where to go get that as well. And now I'm at the point where, okay, I don't really want to look up too much to spoil my experience, but I've got a couple of broken like ish yeah. things early game to like really help me me through it. And it's, then that's what I do. Yeah. Like if I fight an enemy, it looks like it has a cool weapon. I was like, does it draw that weapon? Mm-hmm. If it does, cool, I'll fight it. Because that's the thing about it, I don't want to waste time fighting it. If I don't know, it's because I want that weapon. Yeah. I want that armor set. And it's one of those of like, yeah, I've not been looking up where to find like more summons or anything. I want to just kind of, Look for the away, most part... Get the Mimic's Tear. No, get Mimic's yeah, Tear. Like, that one I'm really tempted to just like, fuck it, like look it up. But you're, you, you, Once you've fought the Mimic, you can find it. But the problem with the Mimic is that where you find it isn't really that clear. Yeah, yeah. Because you think you'd unlock it by fighting the Mimic, but you don't. But it's so fucking broken. Like, mm-hmm. the amount of shit I've done. Like, oh, going in with, like, two great swords that have um, lightning cast on them. Oh, and it's just right me right. and my Mimic. There was an enemy at the bottom of a cliff, and we both was there calling down, like, lightning. <laughs> and it's just stunt, and it can't do anything. Yeah. And then my Mimic, being an absolute fucking badass, leapt off the cliff and did, like, the full, like, cloud strife up B. From like a mile away and killed it, and then I got the item because oh, I got man. the item yeah. for killing it. Yeah, because that's the thing is that um, dash that I've got is from like a slightly difficult enemy, like you know, early on. But um, all I saw was just someone being like, You don't need to fight it, just run around this bridge, it'll, it'll get off. trapped and jump off. And I, it just it jumped off the bridge, and I got the item and was like, Oh, sweet, cool. The one that I like for that is like your mimic, it gets even better because it can repost. Oh, and right, I was okay. like fighting like this giant gargoyle enemy and I managed to get it down with like a long swing but I had no stamina to repost it and my mimic just runs in front and just <laughs> fucking, it just, because it was like using its fists yeah. it just decked it in one so it like it just decked this gargoyle and then it disappeared I'm like call me when you need me I'm like this is the real Dark Souls this is like the quintessential thing because now that initial frustration of all that bullshit is like I'm going back I'm rolling back through my air with my yeah. sword all those enemies that I wanted killing me from off screen, it's like, now nah, I've got one. <laughs> I've got a completely invincible backup support thing. And it, it's so much fun when, like, you're having that catharsis. And I think that's the difference for me with Elden Ring now. It's just, I'm able to have fun with it because I'm able to play it the way I want to play it. Yeah, there was so much. I've played those Souls games where it's like, ooh. I wanted to use a like whip bill. I wanted to use a whip since Dark Souls three, and every time mm. I try to use it, like it swings so fucking slow. Right. Well, this one because they put new combos in. Mm-hmm. Whereas like my character's like just ivy in it, like. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that hits fifteen times and applies like three stacks of bleed. Everything dies. Yeah. And oh, 
I like I can't wait to discover more and just talking about it is like getting me excited to try more stuff. I did it yesterday. I was like, oh, I get annoyed with a quick step because you can't punish with a quick step because mm-hmm. the range on a dagger is generally too short. Hang on a sec. If I put like my great sword in my opposite hand and quick step with a dagger, yeah, and then just use a great sword to just fucking go for the riposte, that's gonna be sick. Yeah, I'm so excited to go try that out because that was the thing is I. I was saying to you, wasn't I? Like, I was trying to figure out a way to have my staff out and have that teleport dodge at the same time. Bring your offhand. And then I was like, wait, I can just put the staff in my offhand because it's the right hand, which is um, the one that like takes the skill from it. But you can still use the weapon, which is the spell, which is different. Yeah. So it's one of those things that I can now stand at the back, just summon some wolves in or a jellyfish in, the jellyfish and, is amazing. And it has can, so much health. Yeah, it does. And, and it causes poison. It I've causes I've won poison, fights because yeah. it's poison stuff, and I've just run around for 30 seconds. It's like, thanks, jellyfish. And then, yeah, I can just let let those summons do my job as I'm standing there just casting, like, some rocks. That makes you feel more like a mage. That's what a yeah. mage would do. Like, a neck, like, Joey, you're fighting, like, Skyrim and stuff. You go for, like, a conjuration building. You yeah. summon, like, three Dramoras. Like, that's how you would fight. Exactly. That's how a mage would do it. And then every time just they come at me, I'm just going to teleport away from you. Fuck you. Like you wait as well, so you get... Um, one of the things you might want to look up how to get is... Do you have, like, the double potion thing you can get yet, where you mix your own potion? Oh, yeah, I found that, like, hour one, because I just went off and explored. And, and you get one of them per spawn. Yeah, and it's, like, the flask of, like, wondrous physical. Or and you mix like, two yeah. of them together, yeah. Um, go find the one that gives you unlimited FP for... 10 seconds. Ooh, okay, Because yeah. it lets you cast infinite spells for 10 seconds. <laughs> so for 10 seconds, you get to cast spells infinitely. That's cool. But there's also as well something you'll find much later in the game called like perfumers, mm. which are like consumables that you make, and basically you can make as many of the bottles that you have. And I've got like 10 of those bottles now, and they give you effects such as, oh, just you can take any one hit. You and your ally will just get a shield that re- allows you to take one hit without like, with minimal damage. And I, I get, think I've got that one. It's like the bubble that comes around you. Yeah, but you can yeah. have that on the perfumers thing, which is uh, a thing that you can have as well. So you can have that twice. And I've got eight of them, but I don't use them. I let my spirit use them. So every like throughout a battle, my spirit will just constantly, every five seconds, like, every time I take a hit, we'll just use one of those. And mm. oh, I've got a bubble shield around where I take no damage. Yeah. So now I can go in and use those bullshit, super huge area effect moves that I'd normally die to use. But no, my, oh, my little shield my spirit friend has given me a shield i'm going to go in and do my ultimate power attack <laughs> i'll go in and do like a full combo on the enemy and take the hit and it I, looks um, super rad i have fell myself a couple of times because um that's the kind of potion that i at the moment i think i have like more stamina and the bubble shield which is exactly the exact one that i have um which is you know when i see a bigger enemy on the horizon let's just take one hit it's like i'm going to drink it and then go up and fight it. But every now and then, like, just a couple of times, I've forgotten I had the bubble shield. So I've taken one hit and gone, that thing doesn't really hurt me. I'm going to take this, and then it insta-kills me. I'm like, I forgot about the shield. I had the shield for the first hit. But as well, it's one of those things where I've seen discourse online, like, oh, it breaks the game, it's not fair. It lets you cheese everything. It's like, but it's in the game, and it, it clearly it exists for the reason of like what I'm using it for. Of okay, I want to go do the full combo, my whip combo, because mm-hmm. the combination I have now is like my last hit of my combo does more damage. But you rarely get that in. Yeah. But if I go in with that shield and I dodge around the enemies, I spot a chance to strike. I can generally get the full combo in, and if even if they like reverse it, I still take that one hit 
and get the final hit of the combat. Yeah, yeah. And I feel that's so satisfying, and it feels more into what the game wants me to do. If I'm, it's basically I'm looking at it as a puzzle to be solved, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, how do I use this thing? I found a combination of items that lets me do this. It's Same with like any build. All about like yeah, build crafting, and the fact that people are arguing that you shouldn't utilize really powerful things in your build. Is just like, around, like plus twenty. Uh, oh, I'm using what you're using a plus twenty great sword that like does five hundred damage per swing. So that's pretty broken as well. And if you're good at using it, yeah. And luckily, like it's gotten to that point where because Elden Ring has become a by far away more mainstream like success than yeah any other Souls game. The people doing all that shit are drowning out the, the exactly. Weird there's there's so many more people like talking about this game now going. Do whatever the fuck you want. It's cool and fun. Yeah. Rather than like that insular, like small base of people that have always played those Souls games of like, no, 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 you should only do the way I tell you that's correct. Yeah, summoning's cheating because, well, it wasn't cheating, but it does make the game more difficult. So, a hidden mechanic people might know is if you summon, you work, the enemy gets double health to compensate for mm-hmm. you to, but you can use a spirit ash and you don't have that downside. Yeah. And your spirit ash can be stronger than a summon because your spirit ash, like if it's just a copy of you, can apply stuff like bleed effects and shit. It's great. Yeah. And you get to pick exactly what it is. You don't just rely on it being some random guy. That is the thing that um, like people do want to take into account. Yeah, you can get three friends online and get them to come in and help, but the boss has also got exceptionally more health. Which just feels like, what's the point then? The only mm. real benefit to that is that you're distracting the enemy. And also, you know, if you just want to do it as a social mm. thing, like, yeah, sure, it might not be easier for you. And I've heard people even say they've gone back and tried a boss solo because it's easier for them to do it solo. Because they only need to get half as many hits in, for example. Yeah, so, like, it's more, do it for the fun and do it to play with your mates, but maybe like not recommended as the easiest way to beat a boss well, video games are supposed to be fun and it's weird that there's people out there seeing that they're the thing they define their personality by the thing they love is the most successful video game of the year yeah so many people are having fun so many people are excited to talk about this game wanting to replay it go in and try new builds and like but you're doing it wrong it's like, and it's just that hilarious thing about gatekeepers isn't it of They've spent so long wishing that these games would be popular. Now they are. The moment one becomes popular, they're like, you're all doing it wrong. You're not doing it my way. It's like, well, I'm having fun for the first time playing a From Software game. Am I doing it wrong? No, because I'm having fucking fun. You didn't beat the boss legit. Well, the thing came up on screen. Like, I've beaten a boss because my character was dying, but my jellyfish poisoned it and it counted as a kill. I count that. If the game counts it, I count it. Well, put it this way. Some, you know, YouTuber in the community told me that the best way to get this item is to force an enemy to jump off a bridge. Yeah. And that's counted as, like, oh, legit cheese, but the cheese of, like, using a whole frost stomp is not fair. And here's the thing as well. If that enemy kicked you off the edge and you complained about it online, do you know what they'd say? Get good. Yeah, they'd say get good. Well, I've got good, and the enemy... Now the game... (laughs) I've got so good, the game can't handle it. Yeah. It's like, no, but you didn't get good in the right way. Well, I'd say I have, because my character is fucking kicking ass that's thing and we're both having fun so we're both playing it the correct way Carl yeah but I love that one because if, if that enemy kicks you off the edge because like, you know those complaints are someone about I would get good mm-hmm. it's like well I have it's like no you did it in the wrong way you didn't get good in the way that I consider getting good to be okay and you know even within those like, insular community be like one well, playing like you know a strength build for a great sword it's like no that's too cheesing because you're doing like you're relying on one hit you need to play a dex build and go for the thing but oh now you're too over level for this fight it's like mm. well, why would I deliberately Handicap my character. 
Like, who's decided that it's over-level? Yeah, who decides that this is the level that you should fight the thing at? The I, game doesn't give you a recommended level. It doesn't, no, because it lets you go into the area at any level. It mm-hmm. lets you go power level to your heart's content. Exactly. If I want to go fight Godric at, like... I'm currently a level 50, which is already higher than most people will probably try Godric in the first place. I'm 20 hours in, but nothing's stopping me spending another 20 hours getting another, like, 30 levels up so then go fight Godric on my own terms. I'd argue that you should be over-level for a lot of these boss fights because every boss has like a unique weapon they drop. Mm-hmm. Some of the stat requirements on them are so insane that you can't use them until you're like 50 levels higher. Like, there's an item I just got where its stat requirement is 60 intelligence. Cool. And it's like, how am I... The only way to get to that is to be like level 100. Mm-hmm. So Good. realistically, the fight... I should, I should go into this fight at level 100 if I want to use the item the boss gives me for beating it. I... Um... Found it funny when I, I, at the time I was maybe like, um, I was maybe like ten hours in, mm-hmm. and I found a handheld ballista, <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, that sounds Str- awesome! Strength like forty or something. Isn't it? It's strength thirty, and my current highest like stat at the time was like sixteen. It just feels like you're it's never like, gonna get here. Oh, but I can't wait to eventually. I mean, it'll take me a long time because I'm going more for like mage. Um, There's no, the thing is, you can level well. up as much as you want. You exactly. can have ma- you can have fourteen every stat by the end of the game. Yeah, and you so can wield every weapon point, in the game. I'm going to be able to utilize that handheld ballista, and I can't wait. But yeah. for the moment, it's just sitting in my chest, waiting for me to to go put some uh, work into my strength after I've leveled up enough. And you know what? Maybe we'll come back and discuss this when you get to that point. Like maybe when you get to the point that I have, when you've got, oh, I can see the bullshit. Yeah, yeah. But I feel that's a good way. To like, very, very good game. Um, hampered by its own legacy and its weirdo obsessive fan base who seemingly don't want people to have fun. You know what? To any of those people, I say get good at having fun. Yeah. I'm having so much fun walking around with my like, quadruple bleeding whips <laughs> when we just come in and it's just the pain train. And fuck you, I've got a whole frost stomp on both whips so I can swap hands and go, Pu-pua! it looks great. But yeah, um, uh, Tune in next time for episode pro- the proper 110, isn't it? A proper 110, yeah. And get your questions into Carl's Corner, qa at gmail.com. And to follow Lucas, it is? Uh, just, you know, find me on Twitch, Legend of Canto. Uh, find my socials, Canto Legend underscore. Everything both of us in is in the description as well. Yeah, and uh, for me, just at Carl's Corner.